All right, how's it going, everybody? Good, uh, good morning. Um, this is my first time preaching to a 100% virtual audience. <laughs> so uh, if this is your first time joining us, um, appreciate you being here. Uh, my name's Nick. I'm uh, one of, gosh, I've been going to Calvary Slow for, uh, for a long time now. Uh, so it's, yeah, I think just seeing all the iterations of our church um, and how we move through uh, meeting in small rooms to Seven Day Adventist Church to uh, middle school to this building and now to all over the world possibly. Um, yeah, I think it's just a reminder that like this is this is what it means to be the body of Christ and moving through the different seasons that God brings us to. Um, so yeah, feel free to if you want to use the the chat to say hello. We'd love to hear where you're from, um, what's going on. Uh, you can say what's up to some friends uh, who might be in different places than you two. Um, but also, if you want to use that to like comment or ask a question um, or figure out how to get in touch with us, um, there's also some contact information on our website. Um, and then if you need prayer, um, we have a, a private prayer group. Um, it's called Calvary Slow Prayer. You can search for that on Facebook. Um, and that's a way for us to, to connect with you and for us to connect as a body around all the stuff that's going on. There's been um, some really, uh, yeah, some really difficult, um, you know, some really amazing answers to prayer. Um, but this, this I think, continual process of people uh, reaching out and saying, like, hey, I might not be able to meet you in person or in, you know, a Bible study or at church on Sunday, um, but here's something that I really need prayer for. So if you're looking for community and just, you know, want pr- people to be with you in prayer, um, that's a great way to do that. Uh, okay, so for all of us who have been losing track of time, um, public service announcement, it's August. <laughs> I don't know where the month of July went, um, but if that's a surprise to you, um, I can resonate with that. I'm in the same boat. Um, but yeah, we're starting a new month and we're heading into, um, a lot of things that are coming in the future, um, be it, um, school, thinking about that, um, whether you're a college student or, um, you have, uh, kids who are in our local school system, um, looking out towards the election, um, and then so, so many unknown things that are happening. Um, so I, I think I, I want to say that to just kind of anchor ourselves in the moment for a minute and, and to think through, um, this is the place that God has us. This is the moment, um, that we're in. Uh, so we've been going through a series, uh, through Psalms and we've been titling it lament, protest, and praise. And I said a couple weeks ago that, um, Psalms is kind of like the old school mixtape of the people of Israel where, uh, there's, there's all these different emotions. Um, there's all these different ways that, um, uh, musicians and the psalmists are approaching God with, um, a whole range of emotions, of situations, of hardships, of joys. And, and we really feel like this is a, um, an important and a really apt section and part of scripture for us to go through. Um, so each week we've been taking a, a chunk of Psalms. Um, you can find that information on our website. Um, and this week we were reading through Psalms 92 through 98. And today we're going to be reflecting on Psalm 95, uh, which is titled, Let Us Sing Songs of Praise. Um, so if you want to turn to Psalm 95 or flip there on your phone, um, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to pray for our time and then, uh, we'll see, we'll see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Um, 
Okay, so yeah, if you want to if you want to join me in reading Psalm ninety five, let us sing songs of praise. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work and for 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, there are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Let's pray. God, you, you write in the book of Hebrews that your word is sharper than, any, than a two-edged sword. Uh, piercing into the deepest parts of who we are um, and that your word has has something for us Lord that it's powerful that that you use it to to mold and to shape your people um, God to bring us together to to know to experience to realize and to live out what it means to be followers of you Jesus not just ourselves but as as a collective as a group as the body of Christ. And uh, so, Father, I pray as we meditate on this psalm um, that you would speak to us, God, um, that in the places where we are, the the moments that we're in, the things that we're carrying, um, uh, and all the the issues and, and the topics and the conflict that might be around us, God, I pray that you would uh, cut through that to speak to us. Uh, and, God, that you would unite you, you would unite your people um, in a passion and a love for you and for your kingdom. So, God, do your work today um, as we gather together. Uh, and we lift this time up to you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So, so earlier this week, I was praying through this psalm, and, and I found myself... Um, kind of almost pleading with the Holy Spirit and asking, what do you, what do you want me to say through your word? Or what, what do you want to say through your word, Lord? Um, what do you want to communicate to your people through, through the scripture, through the psalm? And I, I believe we're, we're at such a critical moment in, um, uh, in this time as the body of Christ and, and as followers of Jesus that, um, it's almost like the, the opportunities that we get to gather and that we get to hear God's word are critical. And so the, the question that kept coming up is, God, how, how do you want to lead your people in this moment um, and through this teaching? And the word that kept coming up for me was unity. 
uh, that in a time where there seems to be a lot of division within our world, within um, our culture, within our country, within our church, um, that word unity to me felt like God was inviting us to pursue that um, at all costs um, uh, with everything we have to, to center unity this morning as something that he desires for his people. Uh, almost two weeks ago, Congressman and civil rights leader John Lewis passed away. Um, and a few days before his death, he wrote this beautiful and moving essay, essentially sharing his last words with the American people. And he ended his, his essay like this. He wrote, Though I may not be with you, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and to stand up for what you truly believe in. In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love and nonviolence is the more excellent way. And now it's your turn to let freedom ring. Uh, if you read his story, John lived this life that was uniquely dedicated to human flourishing. And what kept sticking with me about his essay, specifically this, this closing part, was... Now it's your turn. Uh, theologian N.T. Wright says that part of the genius of genuine Christianity is that each generation has to think it through afresh. And I believe this morning and in this season that God has, God has brought his generation of disciples to this moment. And it's our turn to take up that mantle of pursuing unity um, uh, to answer that question as a group, as a collective, as a family, what does it look for uh, look like for us to follow Jesus, to be his people, as the psalm says, to be people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand? Um, so the title of the sermon is Pursuing Unity Through Worship. And I hope that today the Lord can lead us towards unity and worship and humility before Jesus. Um. So I want to meditate on three different sections. Um, this first section, let us come into his presence. Uh, then we'll look at bowing down and worshiping Jesus. And then the last section of do not harden our hearts. Uh, so the psalmist opens up with this, this beautiful call to God's people to enter his presence with thanksgiving. Um, he says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. And what really stuck out to me about this was that in a time where we aren't able to meet together, um, in a time where we may be feeling the most distance from people, from community, from unity, um, there is something that supersedes by the power of God's Holy Spirit that we are able to be unified in his presence. And this might seem kind of weird, <laughs> but I want to, I want to invite you to, to just take a moment to close your eyes and to take a deep breath. And to experience the fact that we can be in a myriad of different places. And yet, as God's people, we are united in this moment right now in his presence. God has given us unity um, uh, through his Holy Spirit, to be connected and together in a time like this. 
And I think that's a gift that we have to realize that although we we may be feeling um, the distance and the usual means that we connect with people and the usual means that we feel community and we feel um, that sense of, of connection that God has given us um, this unity in the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit, through what Jesus has done for us. Um, and coming into God's presence this morning, I, I, I know reflecting on myself and what I am bringing to this space right now as I drove down the hill this morning from Atascadero, um, we are in all sorts of different places of what we're bringing into God's presence. And, and I want you to take a moment to think about what that is. Um, the emotions, the conflict, the tension, um, the joy. Um, you might be even in a place where you've gone this entire week and you haven't even taken a moment to think about where you're at, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, where God is. Um, and I think for some of us, that idea of entering God's presence in this season um, can feel foreign and we can feel a sense of guilt and shame because um, we're in, to some degree, the boat of, God, this whole week, I haven't even checked in with you. I, I haven't even taken time to reflect on what you're trying to show me or what you're trying to teach me. or I, I, I've been so sidetracked and so frustrated or so uh, um, so derailed by all these other things that the idea of thinking about God's presence right now is, is God, how, how can I even come before you? Um, and as, as I think about that, I remember the, the, the parable or the story of the prodigal son where the son leaves his father um, and goes away for a time uh, and completely detaches. And then he has a moment where, um, and he finds himself in a situation where um, he's, he's at the bottom of the barrel. He's at the end of his rope. Um, he's, he's spent all his money. He's squandered everything. He's at the lowest of the low. And he comes back to his father. And I can imagine all the emotions that the son is feeling in that moment as he comes back to his father. And how does the father respond? Is a long way off when he sees his son. He rushes out to him. He hugs him. He dresses him in all the, mo- you know, the amazing attire. He gives him his robe. And, and before he processes all the hurt, the pain, all, all the things that are going on, he, he accepts his son and says, come and have a feast with me. Experience the joy of, of being back in the family. And I, I don't know who it is, but I know that there's some people today that need to hear that. That that is how we come into God's presence as followers of Jesus. Um, is God is is welcoming welcoming us into His presence with that joy, with that gladness, with that come feast at my table, and and that's what the psalmist is doing. He he talks about making a joyful noise um, and coming into God's presence with thanksgiving. And if you read it. What, what the psalmist is doing is he's reflecting on who God is and it's eliciting all these amazing emotions in, in, in them. They're, they're like, I'm so pumped. I'm so excited because this is who God is. Um, uh, the psalmist talks about how great of a God, uh, and, and a king above all, uh, above all other gods, um, that the Lord is, that he's the rock of, of our salvation. Um, and, and, and when we think about that term, the rock of our salvation, 
um, the psalmist is saying that we, I think we all have this sense of there's something that I want to be delivered from, that I need to be rescued from, whether that is um, habitual sin in your life, whether that is the chaos around us that we, we don't feel like we're in con- control over or we can't handle. It might be depression. Um, there is, for all of us, there is something that we are looking for deliverance from. And God says, if we pull that thread far enough, that that end um, is, is connected to our relationship with Jesus. That he is the rock of our salvation. That Jesus is, is, is the foundation of that. And for me, when I think about um, the things that I look to for deliverance, especially in this time where um, uh, at the beginning of this COVID season, um, for me... I to be honest, it was, it was almost like a New Year's resolution where I had all these ambitious plans for how I was going to structure my life to maximize, um, you know, spiritual disciplines and how we were going to, you know, just keep, keep, keep a focus on the people around us so that we could be helpful. And, and, and a couple months in, I just found myself exhausted. Um, when George Floyd was murdered and, and this, this re- resurgence of the fight against racism, and our country happened and, and picking up that mantle and, and, and a few months after that, feeling this sense of like, gosh, God, I feel, I feel a sense of hopelessness and, and this, this weightiness and this tiredness. Um, when I think about God as the rock of my salvation, um, for me, it reminds me that Jesus is leading me in this time. Jesus is, is the source, um, uh, of, of the strength that I need, the wisdom that I am searching for, um, the, the change that needs to happen in my own heart so that I can be um, the follower of Jesus in this moment, so that I can experience that peace that transcends understanding um, because of the security that I have in Jesus. Um, so that joy the psalmist feels from the rock, uh, that God is the rock of our salvation, um, is so important for us now. Um, the psalmist also talks about God as, as the God above all other gods. Um, he's reflecting on this first commandment, um, or the psalmist is reflecting on this first commandment that you shall have no other gods before me. And again, I, we are in one of the most spiritually charged moments and seasons of, of our lifetime, possibly even history. Um, where so many of our culture's idols are, are being exposed, um, the things that we're looking for for deliverance, again, that source of salvation, um, or what we quote unquote worship. What are we? What are we looking to for satisfaction, for comfort, um, for security, etc.? All these things are being grappled with and exposed, be it political affiliations, nationalism, white supremacy, individualism, uh, comfort and security, and the list goes on. Um, and as much as it is a difficult thing for God to start exposing those and highlighting those in our life, in our culture, in our community, to me, I see that as, as a, a gift from the Lord um, because it's showing us what are the things that we are placing above God. And so that is the call, I think, um, in this psalm to us as followers of Jesus um, 
is, is how are we doing that hard work of humbling ourselves before the Lord and asking him, God, what, what have I been worshiping above you? How, how can you take the things that are swirling around in my mind that I'm trying to make sense of, and how can you center yourself as the object of my worship? And when we think about unity through worship, I think this is what worship does, is that it calls us as a collective um, to unify, to center on God as the rock of our salvation, um, to center on God as the God above all other gods. Um, and that, as we worship through that, as we sing through that, as the psalmist is, is inviting us to, um, it starts to mold us, to shape us into a unified body that is, is joyful and thankful um, for the God that is, is our God and that we worship. Um, the, the psalmist continues to riff off of this idea of who God is. And he talks about um, that, you know, in your hands are the depths of the earth. Um, he's talking about God as creator. Um, and I, 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 about a week ago, we were driving the 154 coming back uh, into, coming back to St. Louis. And it was golden hour and the sun was setting. And our kids were falling asleep in the back. And it was this beautiful picture perfect setting as we were coming down into the Kachuma Valley. Um, and I was just moved to tears thinking about how beautiful God's creation is. And, and I think that's one way that creation moves us to worship. But for me, it was a reminder that God has given us his creation as a way, as, as something that we can go to, this ever-present signpost to God's power and authority over this world. Um, and as we think about that, as we, again, pull that thread that God is, is, is Lord and creator over everything, over all creation, humanity, all that happens in this world is under his authority. In a time of chaos, to me, that is something that elicits deep worship and reverence and thankfulness that we have a great, powerful, and loving God that is over everything. Um, Sometimes when we worship, uh, so I loved how Ryan and Sarah sang through the darkness this morning. That's actually one of my favorite worship, worship tunes, um, to date. And, and I think sometimes worship can be escapism for us where we want, we just want to sing. We want to feel that catharticness. Um, and we want to just get, get away from all things. And, and I think as I read this psalm, what, what was coming to mind is that, Worshiping God is an escapism. Um, but that worshiping God is a way of getting true reality into our bones and into our hearts. Uh, another song, um, King of My Heart, um, by Sarah McMillan, that, that, uh, um, that bridge, you're never gonna let me down. I remember being in this room and singing that with like full, like top of my voice. And just, God, I want to believe this so bad because I feel, um, like, like I, I, I'm, I'm teetering and thinking about, God, your, um, your dependability. And I need to work this into my heart and into my mind that you're never going to let me down. Um, that worship is where our hearts and our minds find sanctuary and strength, not by checking out, but by going deeper into the beautiful love, power, and character of God. That God unifies the hearts of his people through worship. 
The, the next section, um, let us worship and bow down. Uh, the psalmist is really talking about how do we humble ourselves before Jesus? How do we humble ourselves before God? Um, he talks about, uh, let us come and worship, let us bow down, let us kneel, because we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Um, there's overtones of Psalm 23 here um, uh, that talk about the, um, where the psalmist writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, again, we, we sang some of those uh, those ideas in, in worship today. Um, and... And, and, and this is the point that I think is coming up, is that, that we are unified as followers of Jesus in our dependence and in our humility before God. That, that as his people, the people of his pasture, as sheep of his hand, um, that is what we do as a collective, is that we humble ourselves. We kneel before the Lord um, to be led by him, and we depend on him um, to provide for us um, in the ways, um, what we, uh, the ways that we need. Um, and that question of how do we follow Jesus in this season? How are we a people of his pasture, sheep of his hand, is so critical. Um, just reflecting on stories, story after story that I'm reading and conversations that I'm having, that question of what does it look like to follow Jesus in this time? Um, the, the answer to that is leading some to say, I'm going to join a protest and others to say, I'm not. It's saying, it's leading some to say, I will wear a mask, and, and others to say, I will not. It's leading some to say, I will gather, and some to say, I will not. And the list goes on and on and on of, of these situations, these causes, and these issues that seem confusing or difficult for us as a family uh, of God, as followers of Jesus, uh, to find unity in. And, and, and I don't want to say that as, as, as a way to, or as a means of being divisive at all. Um, and I absolutely want to underscore that um, there's a lot in our faith that is going to be different for people. Um, so in one area, following Jesus might look differently for me than for you. Um, but again, that idea of unity right now, um, where the church seems to be divided on a number of really important things, um, that that idea of kneeling before Jesus as his flock, as his people, as his family, um, for him to lead us, to be humble before him, um, to let him show us as a group what it means to follow him um, in those areas. I think that is so important for us right now. Um, and a question that's really helped me um, in this time in pursuing this is, is this, is what choice or posture or activity gives me the best opportunity to embody and contribute to a reality in which Jesus is Savior and King. And I'll break that down even further because that might be kind of weird language. You're like, wait, what is that? Um, and it's when I think about Jesus saying, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Or when I hear Jesus saying, um, there's no greater love than this, um, that a person lays down their life for another person. When I think about all the ways that Jesus talks about his people showing up in this world, um, when I think about how, how can I embody and demonstrate and, and bring to fruition God's love and conversations and decisions and actions, um, that is, is the lens that I have tried to bring to the table, albeit really imperfectly. Um, 
but but that has been a plumb line for me to start that journey of figuring out how do I pursue unity and following Jesus as someone who's part of the body of Christ? And we need to do this together too. We can't do this siloed on our own. Um, we need to bring that same humility before Jesus, before one another, and, and prioritize unity and humility. Um, unity as a body and humility before the Lord, um, before our own rightness. Um, sometimes our ideas and the theological conceptions that we have um, are so difficult to shift if it's on if it's a way that we've been thinking about something for a while. Not to say that that our, our theology um, uh, needs to shift, you know, across the board. Um, but I think in this time we're navigating some things that we haven't before um, in our lifetime, um, or we're navigating uh, anew as 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 a family of God and doing that collectively of saying like, here's how I'm approaching it, but. As you ask how to follow Jesus, you know, in this certain topic, tell me how you're doing that. How are you processing this? Um, and how can we talk through this as a group? And also having grace with one another, knowing that we are going to mess up. And how can we extend um, love and grace um, to people as we're on this journey of seeking unity? That God unifies us as we humble ourselves before him and seek to be led by him. Uh, and lastly, this last section um, where the psalmist talks about, if you hear the Lord's voice today, don't harden your hearts. Um, so the psalmist uses this story from Exodus 17 where um, Moses is leading Israel through the desert and they're thirsty. Um, they've had a season of God showing up. It's, it's right on the heels of God uh, giving them manna um, and, and, and talking about um, how God's you know, provided for them. And, and they come to to this place that um, uh, that comes to be named uh, Mariva and Massah, um, those respective names meaning dispute and testing. And the story goes is that the people of Israel were frustrated at God. They're like, where is God? Like, we're thirsty. There's no water here. Is God going to show up? And Moses goes to the Lord. He says, like, what am I supposed to do? I'm so frustrated because they're continually being frustrated with you. And like, what do I do? And God says, you know, go to this rock um, and strike it with your staff and I'll provide water. Um, and, and it talks about uh, Israel grum, grumbling um, and, and not remembering what God had done uh, and testing God in this situation and, and hardening their hearts towards God. And I think the root of that uh, for people who are following the Lord, who are following Jesus, is that we all navigate at some point or consistently a circumstance where what we want God to do is not what's happening. The way that we want God to provide uh, is not coming to fruition. The way that we think God should show up or, or do something is not happening. We begin to have this posture of this is how God is lacking in my life. This is what he's not doing. Um, where is God? Is he, is he even around? And the psalmist says is that this is the hardness of heart that prevented Israel from entering the promised land, entering his rest. Now, Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 um, are a great exposition of this, talking about um, how this is a picture of, of humanity um, responding to God's invitation to follow him as Lord and Savior, um, as king of our lives, um, Savior of our souls. 
And, and that, that, that message, if you hear God today speaking to you, um, uh, the, the biblical authors time and time again say, like, don't hop, don't soften your hearts. Don't soften your hearts because that rest that God is talking about in the Psalm here, um, is, is our salvation, but it's more than that. It's, um, it's all of the things that come with relationship with God. And so that I think is, is the question for us today that I really want to, to ask is, is how is, um, to end on is, is, is can we take a moment to ask the Lord in prayer, God, where are the areas that our hearts are hardened? How do you want to speak to those? How do you want to release and soften our hearts that we can be unified, um, in worship and humility and being led by you? Um, so if you want to join me in prayer, um, I'd love to pray for us. Um, uh, the, the Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Uh, so let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, we are a, a broken people who struggle with having a heart that is soft, towards you leading us and shaping us. And, and Father, I pray that you would empower us to be unified. Um, God, that you would shape our understanding of what it means to follow you, Jesus, uh, to humble ourselves before you. God, that you would beautify your church and your followers, your body, your family through this process so that, God, we would, would stand in this time unified in power, in love, um, caring and enacting, um, Lord, the good news, Jesus, that you are Lord and Savior. Um, so, God, I pray, however you're speaking to us, Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice, God, that we would not harden our hearts, and that we would enter the rest of being unified, connected with you, God. Um, Lord, if this is the first time that anybody is hearing uh, about your goodness, or Jesus, that you are um, Lord and Savior, um, Father, I pray that you would speak to that person, Lord, that you would touch them, Lord, that they would sense you bringing them into um, a relationship with you, God, um, that you would speak uh, the words that you need um, to bring all of us, Lord, close to you. Um, and I'll end with this. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 um, and 2 says this, uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising that sh the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So, it's time to find unity in, in worship. It's time to find, uh, uh, to run that race together, um, to humble ourselves before Jesus, uh, and to soften our hearts towards the Lord so that we can collectively be people of his pasture. Uh, so from all of us, we love you. Um, thanks for tuning in this morning. Um, we're praying for you uh, and praying that God moves powerfully in your life throughout this week.